If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 559. We close out the month of August. It is August 30th. 2022 as we, we record i'm ryan mccaffrey joined as always by destin Legary remotely destin how are you I am. sir? hi there everybody i am doing wonderful there he is and joining me in studio here in san francisco making her return to unlocked cat bailey good to see you hey ryan it's good to be here from the wonderful world of nintendo yes uh our nvc crew just you know we, we like to cross pollinate from time to time crossing the streams what's right. gonna happen we we all play every system spoiler alert that's uh, <laughs> wait, wait wait wait. you can play more than one console <laughs> i know oh it's God. i know it's a lot to take in but just <laughs> take a deep breath it's gonna be okay uh cat it is good to have you here you're I always enjoy when we get to chat because inevitably you're you're one of the few other IGN people that actually follow sports and play sports games. Mm. Madden NFL 23, you reviewed it for us. I figured we'd start the show there real quick since I know plenty of people in our audience play Madden. Now, do we finally have a winner this year? Well, well praise. Well, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, you're not, we're not off to a good start if the sentence starts that way. Well, Ryan, Madden <laughs> NFL is always going to be what Madden NFL is going to be, which is a six or seven kind of range <gasps> game. Um, Madden NFL 22 was not good. It was really bad. And I said as much. I think Madden 23 is better. better. That's damning with faint praise yeah. a little bit. But I, I like the gameplay a lot better. Um, they've really refined a lot of the, the animation, the, the player interactions, that kind of thing, the strategy. It's harder, um, but also it's still pretty glitchy. Like yeah. all of the Madden fans are on Reddit right now, posting all the weird <laughs> stuff. Happening I see them on, the on Twitter too. Like yeah. uh, somebody was posting one where a, a ball got tipped like four times, and a guy yeah. ended up just walking into the end zone with it. And like that uh, doesn't happen. That's <laughs> weird. When I was playing it, I was I reviewed it on Xbox Series X actually, and uh, when I was reviewing it, it seemed. It was noticeably better than Madden 22. Madden 22 was 
abject though mm. like in terms of the glitches on the field weird things happening with the textures and everything and so i was like okay that's a step forward definitely more polished but madden as always you play it for a little while and the glitches start coming through so yeah is it am i crazy or does it seem like it's kind of cyclical every console generation with madden where they'll kind of start over because they've rebuilt the mm. engine uh at the beginning of a new generation and then it's just refined year over year and then we get to the end of the generation and it's usually it's in as good a shape as it's going to be is that would you agree with that general assessment oh well, that's an interesting thing last generation was a little weird because they started on a different engine and then they moved over to frostbite, frostbite. that's right i forgot yeah. about that and then with this generation they came over and it was right in the middle of the pandemic as you know yeah and that really kind of messed with their workflow and everything. And I, I think that Madden has really suffered from a lack of direction in recent years. They have tried a lot of weird things. Like, they're like, okay, now we're an arcade thing. Oh, okay, yeah. we're moving in a story thing direction. And they don't really seem to know where they want to go. I feel like other sports games have more of an identity than uh, Madden. Definitely, definitely NBA 2K and MLB The Show have much more of a, an identity than the ea uh, offerings so. yeah yeah that i would agree with i mean what rank of the the four major pro sports <laughs> who's got the who's got the best sim who's got the best sports oh, sim that's a that's a tough question right it's, it's sony san diego oh, probably golf. right <laughs> they're well, all it's golf. they're all super okay they're all super kind of flawed in their own way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Off the I top mean, of my head, I think NBA 2K is the best. However, yeah. the microtransactions in that one for their core mode, really, Every year. really rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and then after that, probably MLB The Show, and then FIFA, then NHL, then Madden, Ooh. I want to say. <laughs> Poor Madden. Getting... Yeah. As a Madden's just so weird year after year. Like, NHL, Madden, kind of neck and neck, I think. Yeah. So. Destin, you were, calling you... Out, you were calling out uh, golf over there. Which, well, before his name was ruined, <laughs> I used to play Tiger Woods every year well, and uh, really enjoy Tiger Woods golf. So, that yeah. back, I mean, particularly the, I would say the 360 generation, Tiger Woods mm. on, uh, was, was excellent. And now the world has come weirdly full circle where we do have Tiger Woods PGA Tour golf, but it's, too, it's from 2K now. <laughs> yeah, so they, weird. They've signed, they got, they've got the license and they've signed Tiger to be the cover athlete this year so yeah it's uh, maybe a little he's bit of back. A, yeah he's, he's back maybe a little <laughs> bit of a weird like for somebody at 2k that felt really good to sign that deal be, you know after after ea stole the nfl license away yeah. from from 2k <laughs> back after gotcha. nfl 2k5 uh and now they look like oh well, we got dang it we got tiger now and you don't so I don't i'm know. curious where do you both fall on blitz nfl mm. blitz is arcadey i love that game it's silly i always go for the the longest throws i possibly can sure we had an arcade cabinet at ign in san francisco for years uh that is that will always be one of my favorite memories playing that game but where do you both fall on on arcadey hey. sport games? i loved nfl blitz back in the day and fifa street and that yeah. kind of thing um yeah one of my absolute favorite games was wayne gretzky three-on-three -three hockey on the <laughs> nintendo 64 where you would hit somebody and then an ambulance would come driving by a la nhl 94 yeah, yeah that's, uh, 
Yeah, I, I definitely was more of an NBA Jam player than mm-hmm. a than an NFL Blitz player, but it was still it was yeah. still fun. Yeah, it's those games have uh, have all fallen by the wayside. It's a lot really. of pining for that, but when EA tried to revive NBA Jam a few years ago, it just didn't hit at yep. all. I remember that back on uh, Live yeah. Arcade, yeah, as a digital yeah. digital download, it just didn't quite didn't quite fly, but. Yeah, sports games are a weird one. I, I've always I've said this a million times. Like I I genuinely think sports game developers have one of the most difficult jobs in all of gaming, regardless of whatever sports game they're doing, because having you you they effectively have I've talked to a million of them about this nine months. Yeah. Because when you factor in pre-production and then certification and testing, now granted, post-release updates and patches have kind of changed that a little bit, but. They have so little time to to ship a yeah, product every year. And I don't want to get on my soapbox. I have a million thoughts on this. <laughs> Welcome NBA, to SportsCast here at IGN. NBA 2K puts out a better product every single year uh, than EA. And I'm just, I look at the difference between NBA 2K and EA's products and I go, what you doing? Like NBA 2K rolls out way more ambitious offerings every single year. And well, you look at stuff like the city and the way that they integrate uh, the actual pickup and play and everything. Yeah. Again, big problems with their microtransactions. It's bad. It's real bad. But FIFA and Madden make so much money, Ryan. They make so much ultimate money. Ultimate team. Yeah, yeah, that ultimate team cash. And you could even, you can make that an apples to apples comparison. Well, they're different sports. Well, 2K was, and NBA 2K was so good that they, they effectively ran EA out of that business. Yeah. You know, the NBA, they tried to bring it back with, of course, I, the elite fiasco. I mean, we we'll have to like get on a sports nostalgia episode. Oh some, my gosh! That, there I was stories. there for the NBA I, elite. You were I there was too. there. I reviewed the game that never came out. Oh my god! So we'll, yeah, we'll we'll get to that wow. another some other time. But but yeah, the like posing. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Bynum. Yeah. Jesus Bynum was uh, the, the 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 nail in the, the nail in the in coffin, the coffin. For, and for NBA Live was good the previous year. Yeah. They killed yeah, it. and then uh, it just never, they could never recover. And last I heard, I thought they were trying to re- redo it as alive as a mobile game. I don't know if that's actually Gosh. out or what, but yeah, NBA 2K is still great. And sorry to hear that Matt, I mean, it's good to hear Madden's, the arrow's pointing up at least relative Ish. to last year, right? I think there were some internal <laughs> arguments that were one where they were like, no, we need to refocus on gameplay. And I think that's the, I think that's the right direction for them, honestly. It's just like, Get get it right on the field, at least, because Madden has a lot of long-standing issues with money plays and the player interactions, too animation-driven and everything. So yeah. get that stuff I'm right a, and then focus on everything else. I'm a filthy casual, but wasn't it trending on Twitter yesterday because some person who's actually a player hates it? Is that true or it's no? Not a, uh, okay, the rumor that I heard <laughs> is that all the players want to play NBA 2K, and that's like one of the uh, one of the problems that Madden is facing. Nobody wants to play their game, so. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we and we we didn't even get into tennis. Like I could go, I could do a whole thing on. Like, oh I'm just boy. I'm thrilled that Virtua Top Spin tennis, is coming bring back. It back. Well, yeah, Virtua Tennis was yeah. one of the killer apps for the Dreamcast back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, gorgeous. I, I'm a. I'm a topspin guy from the its its first appearance on the original Xbox, and I'm glad there's another one in development because I got real good at that game for uh, for a while. Yeah, football Manager too. 
That's a good game. It's not arcadey. Yeah, your spreadsheet manager. <laughs> I just want to manage my spreadsheets. You know? Yeah. I want my sports RPG right here. I'm so. just grateful that we have a good, after years of me whining about it and other baseball fans, we finally have a good baseball game on Xbox because yeah. they just went and got the best one. Come on over. Be yeah, on Game Pass. Thank you, MLB. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like, sorry, Sony, you got to put on Xbox <laughs> and Switch, of all things. Yeah, that's uh, a little extra. I, I just, it makes me happy because it, not that not that Sony San Diego was had any issues with job security with the, the success yeah. they have every year, but it just they're so locked in now that they get to make a multi-platform and baseball sim every say, year. It's telling that EA is like, no, no, we can't do a proper full-fledged FIFA on the Nintendo Switch. And meanwhile, NBA 2K and Sony San Diego both put their games fully featured on Switch. Yes, there are. I mean, obviously they can't match up to the current generation, right? But all the features are there. It, MLB The Show's playable. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, this has been your sports segment to open the show. I wonder... Uh, sports Rat with yeah, Cat Bailey. <laughs> we'll be right back after this to talk Game Pass. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts... NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Yes. Welcome back. Let's talk our headline topic, Xbox Game Pass. Friends and family, this has come up before. This was uh, Jez Corn at Windows Central had originally dug this up, and now we have a subsequent corroborating recent leak uh, of a potential logo, of all things, for the Game Pass Friends and Family program. And it uh, seems to confirm that Microsoft is choosing to focus on branding this new sub as friends and family. That is going to be what it's called. This was initially reported by The Verge, but it comes via a leaker. 
Uh, Agio Noramente Lumia, that is their online username, which I've probably just slaughtered, so I apologize if that leaker is listening. But that same person had previously leaked Skull and Bones' release date, Halo Infinite's campaign release date, uh, and so there's there's a little there's there's a track record there, and thus uh, some grounds to believe this. Now the logo very much in line uh, with the current Xbox Insider test that's happening down in Colombia and Ireland as well that allows users to share their Game Pass Ultimate benefits with up to four people in the country where they live. Uh, now it's important to note there's no sh restriction on sharing these benefits with immediate family members. Uh, which certainly there's the, f the family portion of the friends and family. Now, uh, Game Pass, of course, is 10 bucks. Ultimate is 15. So I want to ask the two of you, I'll start with, uh, with our guest Kat here. Where do you think Game, uh, Game Pass friends and family might, might land here in the U.S. from a price perspective? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one, actually. I, I was doing some mental calculations. I was thinking about Nintendo Switch Online, which has its own family pass yeah. deal. Uh, if you get it with the expansion pack, that's uh, $80 a year. So we're coming in at, I, I'm not good at math. <laughs> I'm a video game journalist, but- It's like 650 a month, something yeah, like something that? something like that, yeah. yeah. So um, obviously Game Pass is a much more fully featured offering. I, I think you were pitching like 25 bucks a month? That, that's the number that, that made sense in my head. I could mm -hmm. see it, I could see 30, I don't think it will go past that. Yeah. But 25 is okay, you know, that's, it's enough of a jump from 15. There is separation there. Mm -hmm. But also, if, okay, if it's you, five people can use it, it kind of breaks down to five bucks a month per person. If people did want to actually physically pool their money to, to sort it out that way, as I'm sure certain friend groups will. Um, I mean, that's how I would have had to do it in high school back when I had very little money. But like, yeah. okay, well, I'll chip in five and you chip in five and we'll get the family, we'll get the friends and family plan. So I don't know, that's 25 is what makes sense to me. Destin, your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm going to say, I was going to say 1799, but mm. I think it'll be 1999. That has a nice ring to it. It's not that much more expensive. Um, and I, I think, I think they'll do that price range. I, I you would do like twenty four ninety nine if you're marketing it, right? That's what you're saying. I yeah, I I mean I love your optimism. I feel like that's that's too cheap. That uh, you know if you've got ultimate at fifteen, three bucks more or four bucks more or even five bucks more for to to add on a few more people seems. Uh, I mean, none of us know the the sort of wizardry that goes into the economics of Game Pass. That's a, always a frequent We're just topic of discussion. Right here, yeah. <laughs> It's well, closest it's, without it's going tiers, over. right? So well, it's like nine ninety nine, five dollars for the ultimate, mm -hmm. five more dollars for the family. That well, seems maybe to be how they've done it. And that's that's where my thoughts are. I hope you're right. Um, I certainly hope you're right. But we're talking one person that's using it versus five people, and that's where I think the is the difference comes in. I, you know, then it's six bucks a person a month which but then it's hits the family the nintendo switch online family expansion pass kind of thing. yeah it's like everybody's paying six bucks yeah i mean i i guess i would be surprised if it's more than 30 i do i feel like 29.99 a month is the ceiling yeah for this um I, oh again, yeah it won't be more than that i agree all right so we're we're in agreement on that um but the question now i mean there's there's two things. One, I guess I'll start here. Two more questions for each of you. Uh, one, when 
And I mean, this is this mm. is leaked twice now on separate occasions, both the initial report of the program itself and now, all right, marketing has created a logo. <laughs> we're, we're, we're up to that. So is this going to launch for the holidays, Kat? What do you, or is it maybe, mm. is it going to be a little later in 2023, maybe aligning with some of these, a, a big 2023 push with First Party, with Redfall and Starfield? Like, where, where do you see this uh, being announced and, and properly rolled out? Black Friday. <laughs> I mean, I think that they're going to be wanting to give a good, Game Pass is the selling point for yes. Xbox at this point. Unquestionably. Great selling point. And um, I, as you well know, uh, there's not a lot coming out for Xbox uh, this holiday season. Or anything, really. Yeah. Or <laughs> so you any need something console. to sell. Yeah. Um, in fact, Switch probably has the best first-party lineup this fall. You think so? I think, I God, mean, of, I think God of War is going to be pretty... Uh, I mean, it's wreck. it's the big Maybe. one, but it's yeah. one one game and then a remake of a game it's that's true. been remade it's twice true. already that, that everybody's already angry about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas Xbox has a couple of third-party exclusives, and Nintendo's got Splatoon 3 and Bayonetta 3. Pokemon. Pokemon, always, always a, Pokemon's a the winner. Biggie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Anyway, that aside. That aside. I, I'm actually really looking forward to Starfield. Like, that's, like, probably my most anticipated game. You and me both. Period. Like, you're yeah. never going to see me again, frankly, <laughs> when that game comes out. So uh, just enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think it has to be out by Black Friday. And, like, it's, they're already rolling out the marketing materials and everything. We'll see it soon. Uh, I don't disagree. Black Friday makes a lot of sense before I chime in. Destin, what do you think? Black Friday, yes, later, sooner? I think it's going to be next week. I think it's going to be totally random. I feel like there have been so many leaks about it that this is an announcement that's imminent. Like the the logos out there, this has been talked about for like the last month. I, I don't feel like this is a big announcement for them. It'll be notable, sure, in terms of value that they're able to offer. Yeah. But then it'll be a note within the uh, Keeley's awards show at the end of the year where they'll be able to remind people, and we have a family thing now. I, I think it's imminent. I think any any day now it's going to be revealed. Well, I, I do agree with the both of you that it, it'll be this year. I mean, it does seem like why wait? And I don't know about next week because if it, I feel like if it were that soon, again, I love the optimism, Destin. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> most, he's so optimistic. I love it. Well, that's why we love Destin. He's Aww. he's an Xbox optimist. And you know, we just that's uh we appreciate that. We also try to keep it keep it real here though. because uh, and and in that in the spirit of that, I think if it were that imminent, Xbox would have just announced it on their Gamescom stream mm. or as part of Gamescom last week when the whole world was watching this event. So that's the you only know, the, reason that I'm not sure uh, I'm not as optimistic that it'll be next week, but I Black Friday would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, I have another thought actually now Please. that you bring that up, Brian. Do I have time? Oh yes. Uh yeah. So what I'm thinking is maybe they wait to announce that until after the Activision deal closes, actually. So like push it way out because the FTC is looking at uh Game Pass, the value it, it offers its consumers and if that's considered anti-competitive right now so maybe they hmm. just want to stay quiet about it it's ready to go but they want that deal to go through before they make any sort of uh changes to game pass where the value proposition is increased even further because once those games hit game pass 
let's say it is $29.99 a month and you get World of Warcrafts for free, like no subscription, all the Call of Duty games ever made, all those Activision properties, you know, all the Activision mobile games on the Xbox app for free, you know, um, it, it's big. It, it, it'll be a big deal. So maybe they're trying to like just hold it until that transpires. Well, that could be up to like June of 2023, though. Remember that the, the deal might not go through for quite well, the, some the, time. The FTC had 30 days to respond to the deal after the last round of notes, I believe. And that date has passed. So we could actually hear something soon, at least concerning whether or not FTC has asked for more clarification right. about the deal going through. Mm -hmm. But but after the 30 days, like, that's it. They don't, they don't well, have any recourse. True. But even in that case, though, Microsoft themselves, when they announced it, told us that the deal might not close until, like, they weren't expecting it to close until around June of 2023. I would not expect it until next year. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Well, but it, it closed in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> have some faith. <laughs> Any day now. So Activision next week, and with the Activision closing next week, they announced Game Pass Family. Destin is like a human Xbox wish list on the show. Like, what's everything we want? It's the just gonna, optimist. Yeah, it's gonna come out of Destin's face, and you're right, right. Uh, uh, all, for everyone to get excited about. Now, it's uh, the other question I have here. Actually, I think. All right, let me take a quick break, and then we'll finish up on this topic right after this. All right, we are back. One final question for the two of you on this topic of uh, Game Pass, friends and family. How much better of a, how, does this make Game Pass in terms of a value proposition? Destin? Oh, I mean, Game Pass is already an amazing value proposition. I don't think anybody would, would argue that. Uh, this really sweetens the deal, especially for people with families. Think about if you're getting an Xbox Series S as a second console, or you're getting a few of those so that your family can all play games together. Um, I, I think that's great. And Series S seems consistently in stock and has been throughout this route, which has allowed Microsoft to sort of get a foothold and not like lose too much traction to any of the competition. Um, I think this is a tremendous value. I think it's great that they're doing this. Uh, they've made a lot of important adjustments, including uh, like Xbox Live not being required to play games like Fortnite anymore. They changed yeah. that in the last, I believe, 18 months. And um, I, I like this a lot. I think I think it's a huge, huge value add and an important one, especially to, to families or even like college kids looking to share. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roommates in the dorm. You got to mm. you're going to if, if money's a little tight, Game Pass friends and family looks good. Cat. I mean, is this does do you think this if not like take someone away from choosing Sony as they mm -hmm. go from last gen to this gen, it, it certainly has got to be enticing to have a, at least add an Xbox as a second system in the house at the very least. Right. Oh yeah. I think so. It makes it more affordable. Right. Um, I think Destin made a great point about the Xbox series S. Uh, I think it's kind of Xbox's secret weapon. At it this has point. been absolutely. Yep. There's a lot of discourse around that over on social media recently about what a win Xbox Series S has been for Xbox just because it means that they've been able to get those things on the shelves in a way that uh, Sony really hasn't been able to. Um, as for, I mean, could you imagine buying an Xbox Series S to pair with a PS5 or something like that? That'd be exactly. interesting. Um, I, 
Sony's own PS Plus kind of subscription is a little weird these days. And I, I mean, I have both. Uh, I think about Game Pass. Game Pass is top of mind in such a way, way more than I think Sony's uh, own offerings. Yeah, so. I feel like they're, you know, this this revamp that they just, Sony just did, it made news for five minutes. And then I feel like, I feel like nobody's talking about it anymore. So they're not pushing it? I, yeah. I think Game Pass has been made a centerpiece of Xbox's yeah. uh, entire strategy. And it's a, it's a great centerpiece. It's yeah. not an afterthought in that. And, and let, me clear, let me clarify it for, uh, for any Sony fans that might want to clip this out. I'm not saying that what they're offering isn't good. I just feel like the community's not really talking about it so much as, to your point, Kat, the, the Game Pass conversation mm. continues and continues uh, including well, this friends and family thing now, Destin. I, I think we should give PlayStation a little bit of credit. I think one of the things that I would love to see Xbox copy that PlayStation did was the PlayStation collection that comes with the base tier mm. on PlayStation Plus. You get some really phenomenal games with that. Yeah. And I actually think the extra tier is really, really strong for PlayStation Plus. You get access to uh, like 300 PlayStation 4 and and several really great PlayStation 5 games, including... Uh, Returnal. I can't remember if Returnal is part of the collection or part of the extra tier, but play Returnal. It is great. So there is a value proposition there. It's also a little bit cheaper than yeah. than uh, Xbox Game Pass. So they need they need to work on their premium tier. The premium tier just is lacking in terms of what you get for for that price, but it is not that much more. So I'll give them credit there, but I do agree with you both in the fact that they are not marketing it appropriately. Um, you don't really hear about it. You don't hear enough about the PlayStation Plus collection. You know what you hear about? Hey, we have to raise the price of the PlayStation <laughs> Five. Yeah, you know, and in some of the and in some of the territories that are already marked up significantly, uh, uh, Lad AM got one of the most significant increases in price, and that's just that's just completely unfortunate. And uh, sorry, it, that story just really bugs me that they ended up uh, increasing the the console price. Anywhere but the U.S. Yeah, basically. we talked about that last week here, but uh, I but mean, the collection's great. Sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's it's good to see Microsoft just reaffirm their commitment to their the existing prices that that will not be going up, and friends and family could be uh, another another win for them uh, whenever they choose to announce it, whether it's next week, as Destin optimistically suggests, <laughs> or Black Friday. As uh, as Cat very I'm reasonably suggests, <laughs> that's not pessimistic. That's that's thinking. That's Realistic. marketing right there. Yeah, you could get that out there for. Uh, now, I mean, granted, this Black Friday might be a little different than the the typical Black Friday in the sense that it's just going to be any any console that's on a shelf from any manufacturer, Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft is going to get bought. Mm. I mean, that's just where we still are with with regard to the supply chains on everything, but. Um, yeah, if, and, but if you see, if you see an Xbox and you know, this friends and family plan is out there and you've got a couple of gamers in the house, maybe some cousins, siblings that, you know, that's, that's going to be awfully tempting for a lot of people. So, uh, we just wait on Microsoft to push the, the button that, to launch this thing. The big red button. Let's exactly. Go. Exactly. It's probably button. a green button, probably yes. a big green button at Microsoft, <laughs> I would suspect. Next up this week, there is an all-new Mafia game in development, uh, which makes me happy. The news came from a Mafia 20th anniversary interview, yes, 2002 for the original game on PC. 
Hangar 13's general manager, Roman Hladik, and their head of production and media director, Tomas Herabek. Oh, nope. I got to try that. I, gotta, I tried to go like breeze over it, thinking my brain would just fill in the gaps. Uh, Hrebicek, I think, might be close. Whoa. Tomas, I'm impressed, Ryan. I, if I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I, it's an earnest try. If I got it wrong, I do apologize. Anyway, uh, the pair took the time to look back on the franchise's journey over the past 20 years before getting to the news. Quote, I'm happy to confirm we've started work on an all-new Mafia project. While it's a few years away and we can't share anything more right now, we're really excited to keep working on this beloved franchise and to entertain our players with new stories. So uh, for me, I love the first two. Three didn't quite grab me, even though it's a good game. I'm happy to see it continue, but uh, the the first easy point of speculation here, I'll go to Cat first, is when will this one take place? Because we've been mo moving forward through the timeline uh, from the 1930s now, Mafia 3 was the late 60s. Does this keep going into the 80s, maybe 90s? Does it go back? And, be a, and is it going to be a prequel? What do you think? What do you want mm. out, of an, out of the next Mafia cat? That's an interesting one, because Mafia Definitive Edition, obviously, was this really beautiful realization of the 1930s. Yeah. And I think that's the identity of the series, is what people are thinking about. At the same time, though, people have been really kind of dying for a GTA Vice City. There are rumors that GTA 6 will be set in that kind of, like, that region yeah. and everything. So they would be going head-to-head -head with GTA 6, but going in the Scarface direction would not shock me at all. I mean, they're as you already mentioned, they're moving forward. And I think, in some ways, they they're probably thinking, how can we bring Mafia to the next level? How can we make... Exactly. Because Mafia is kind of a second-tier open-world series in many ways. Yeah, it's always been good, but yeah. it's it's certainly not on... No, I mean, nothing's on the GTA level, but it's... Yeah, it's... It's never... I guess... It's, it's probably not really thought of as an open-world game, really. Yeah. It's thought of as a good Mafia story game, yeah. which is good enough for me... But that was always the thing. In one and two, they're just they were they were linear stories set in an open world, but there was nothing to do in the open world. Three rectified that a little bit and gave you some some legit stuff to do. But um, yeah, Maybe not I, sophisticated enough. Very simple tasks, right. To do in the sandbox and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, Destin, what do you think here? What, what kind of timeline might we be looking at? Question for the two experts. So the original Mafia takes place in the 60s? 30s. Is that correct? No, no. In the 30s. 1930s, yeah. And it was released in, what, 2000? 2002 on PC, and then uh, I came to it, uh, The they ported it to the original Xbox, which I reviewed at OXM, a year or two later. And then Mafia 3 was what year? Well, 2016. Oh, sorry, sorry. What what year did it take place? Oh, in the six, like 68. Yeah, 68. I, I looked it up right before the show yeah, to make like sure. <laughs> almost the 70s. So yeah. I think we get a 1990s game because it oh. seems like they've been slowly moving forward through time. And I think 1990s is the, the recent past where we could look at it and sort of reflect on where technology and where we were as a society then. And I think they could tell a really interesting story. Think about it. We had cell phones. We didn't have like 
internet well in the late 90s as, <laughs> in the early in the early 90s like if you go watch sopranos like it's sort of a big deal that the kids are using the internet and the parents don't really get it yet it hadn't quite clicked for everybody <laughs> pun intended but um it, it was there but it wasn't used as widely as it is today people didn't have like iphones when the sopranos were out so um I think I think I would love to see that sort of era, the '90s, and what was happening in the '90s, and and how the the mafia had changed during that time period. Realistically, though, I think Cats on the Money with Vice City, because that's that's ten years prior in the '80s, '70s, '80s time period, right? And uh, then, of course, you don't have internet and stuff. <laughs> All right, let's talk more about this after a quick break in just a moment. All right, back on the topic of the new Mafia game. Uh, everybody making good points about when this could get be set. Uh, I, I, for me, the, th the thing you said that's really stuck with me, Kat, is that the sort of 1930s era feels like the real identity of the series. Yes, 3 moved it forward to the late 60s, but I see. I, I had to just double check my U.S. history because it's been a long time since <laughs> since high school. I was like, "Wait a second, was the first game set during Prohibition?" No, it was set in the early '30s. After, see, I think Prohibition could make for a really compelling setting. Some good illegal mob activities <laughs> around the concept of of bootlegging alcohol could be really fun you still had cars you could still drive around not only did you have cars i mean prohibition was the genesis of race car driving today that's true right? i think that if you were a bootlegger you start as a bootlegger like making runs back and yeah. forth that'd be so fun yeah. right so that's why i think i think we might go back and this could be a prequel in the 20s now obviously it's it's not going to be uh, it's not probably wouldn't feature the same characters, at least not same main character. And that's OK. Right. We we have we've had uh, we had a different character for three. Um, but, yeah, I that's. And I think something else you said, Kat, is just you don't want to be. You don't want to be a GTA copycat or clone because Mafia, like I said, it it does have its own identity, like for for the faults that it has had over these first few games like it is when you when you say to someone oh i you know i'm playing mafia like they know what that you know what that game is it's not it's not thought of, i i don't think it's thought of as a gta clone right do you no, agree not not in the same ballpark yeah. yeah i think mafia story game and an open world game like is a good descriptor i think yeah so I, and then the other part of this there, there's another piece to this too that uh, I think we need to take into consideration and that's the team, the developers say it's a, f a few years away. Well, guess what else is probably a few years away? Grand Theft Auto 6. And guess which publisher, guess who publishes both franchises? The same parent company, Take-Two Interactive, <laughs> is the parent company of both Rockstar and 2K Games. So if this thing, if Mafia is anywhere close to the, to the nuclear blast that is going to be the release of, of GTA 6, these are going to need to be two different games. And so that's, mm. that's where I think, and again, maybe this is just my wishful 
thinking because I do love the idea of a prohibition era mafia game. But that's where I think they've got to get a, just get away from anything resembling the modern era and anything that could be even compared mm. to GTA when when GTA six is going to be dropping somewhere in the, you know, within a year or so, probably. Wasn't GTA five in the 2000s? Because. San Andreas well, yeah, was in I mean, the night. It, well, no, it was modern day for the time. It's tw- you know, okay. 2013, so early 2010s. I was just like going, okay, but what if Mafia were in the modern day? Kind of do a modern warfare-style like revitalization for the series. Maybe. And Destin? then GTA is in the past. <laughs> what if they switch? What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> well, like G- there's been a rumor that GTA was going to go back to the Vice City era, so yeah. well, maybe Mafia does go more big. modern. But the, I think that rumor was about Vice City as a setting, not as a 80s time Just period. Like being set in I, Miami. I, even though Rockstar has returned, I mean, you know, they went back to Liberty City with four and they went back to Los Santos with, uh, with five San Andreas. I don't see Rockstar making another 80s Miami game. That, that doesn't. Not their stuff. I don't modern day, but it's like they'd effectively be remaking Vice City, which is not what four was compared to three, and it's not what five was compared to San Andreas. So I I don't discount the distinct possibility that GTA Six could end up being set in Vice City. I just don't think it'd be set in the eighties. Maybe it's the nineties. Maybe you you kind of you do still keep it a little in the past. And I mean the nostal the the nineties now kind of have that nostalgia going the way that the eighties did. Not coincidentally, like ten years ago, we always seem to be like we always seem to look back like twenty years and as the as the the hit hip nostalgic period of of whatever that that time is. But um, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking crazy pills. You guys tell me. I don't know. Yes. Clears, yeah, it seems to be a yes. The <laughs> silence is, is confirming. But um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to see this series keep going. Uh, I'll be eager to find out exactly what it's going to be. And and it, we'll see if it ends up coming out anywhere in the remote vicinity of GTA 6, uh, given that they are the same ultimate parent company. Let's keep talking here. Uh, the former one of the former developers of Payday is making a new co-op heist first-person shooter with his new studio. Ulf Anderson, who worked on both Payday and Payday 2, is returning to the genre with uh, his studio Ten Chambers. They last did GTFO. During an interview with NME, the developer revealed that his upcoming game will be a cyberpunk-style team-based action game. Says, quote, I'm back on the heist shit, basically. So it's a heist cooperative FPS, and it has a sort of techno thriller theme. I read a lot of sci-fi, or I read a lot of sci-fi books, and so imagine everything that cyberpunk is inspired by and a ton of other shit, Uh, end quote. The Payday games, of course, were defined by heavy action, gunning your way out of a bank, making off with as much money as you could cram into the sports bag. However, Anderson's upcoming game isn't uh, isn't that. He says, quote, this one won't be constant shooting. Payday had a massive problem where the action would ramp up and then it would just stay ramped up uh, and leads me to wonder what kind of game this will end up some was what this will play like, given that it's going to be not wall to wall action all the time, but with a cyberpunk theme. Destin, your thoughts on this one? 
I have to imagine they're talking about peaks and valleys in terms of whatever story they're trying to tell and what kind of action they're trying to deliver. Like, if you get away, maybe there's a moment of, okay, did we get away with it? And reflection of pulling off a big heist, so like a little bit of a victory, but a little bit of a, a, a calmer moment in terms of gameplay. But then they'll figure out a way to ratchet up the action yet again. Maybe there's an internal betrayal. I don't know. All This whole show has just been like fun sort of pitches or ideas about sure. where video games could what go. else do we like have to do we're, we're just waiting for xbox games to come out so we have nothing yeah. better to do right now oh. no i actually like it a lot it's <laughs> sort of fun you know but uh yeah i don't know he mentioned cyberpunk so maybe it's futuristic in in nature and yeah i don't really know how you bring the the moment to moment down so you're like more on a roller coaster cat cyberpunk payday with with down moments of some sort if they're saying cyberpunk my first thought is shadow run oh nice um, yes which is a tabletop series that is iced game really like okay D D is going down into the dungeons to explore with a party shadow run is a heist series where everybody has their own specialty yeah so you've got your hackers and you've got your muscle and you've got your stealthy people right that's kind of immediately where my thought process is going. It's like, okay, let's take the payday model, but let's considerably deepen it. But instead of making it an isometric RPG, now we're making it into an actual action game, which I think is a terrific direction yeah. uh, to go with it. Um, if you get the art right, I think getting the art right is really important. True. Uh, I think you could have a real winner on your hands. You just have to make sure to get the balance of the classes right, make sure that everybody wants to play their individual roles properly. But that's that's my immediate thought where they're going. And the thing that's interesting about Shadowrun is you really get punished for action. Like, you're supposed to be as stealthy mm-hmm. and you're working together. If you alert your foes, you can get really hurt in that game. I don't imagine that this hypothetical cyberpunk payday would go that extreme in that direction, but... I Shadowrun. It's Shadowrun. Uh, it's sounding good to me. Yeah, I mean, of course, Xbox gamers know Shadowrun as the... Uh, I think... I'm going to put it out there. I think ahead of its time, uh. competitive first-person shooter, in the yeah. sense from... Because it was from 2007, if I remember correctly, on the 360, and that was a multiplayer-only competitive game. There was no, There was no campaign, which at the time was sacrilegious it was and it was a death sentence and also everyone wanted shadow run to be an rpg so back at that when they point. were turning every major rpg game <laughs> or tactics game into a first person shooter or a third person shooter yeah <laughs> pretty much front mission too <laughs> yeah but it was a good game unto itself it just was a competitive shooter mm. rather than a role-playing game. There was certainly stealth was the last thing that was in the shadow run <laughs> 2007. But uh, we were, if you're watching on video, we did have our, our ace producer in the back. Jobert was, uh, had shadow run returns gameplay from uh, PC, the, the isometric yeah, top Just down came out on console recently too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which was uh, that's a, that was a nice grab there uh, on the video footage, but I'm with you. Yeah. If, if, if it's a shadow run esque, payday kind of game that's uh that could that could really stand out and be a unique thing in the marketplace uh and be something that catches people's eye and in, in which is really tough tough to do in the multiplayer space yeah heck well, i'd be in 
Oh, now also, we're looking at. You, hold on, Destin. Now we're looking at Shadowrun 360. This is a this is a callback. Now, if you're watching us on video, you are reminiscing along with us the 2007 Xbox 360 first-person oh, so shooter Shadowrun. Go ahead, Destin. Well, if you think about this sort of trend in gaming lately, it is taking games that were presented in another perspective and putting your spin on them. Like Avowed, for example, is based on the Pillars universe, and that's going to be more like we we assume it's going to be more like uh, a traditional Bethesda RPG like Skyrim or Fallout, uh, the more modern Fallouts, I should say. So Fallout 3 was the first one to do that, that I, that I fell in love with anyway. And uh, I would love to see them do the same with Shadowrun, or at least I should say take another crack at doing that with Shadowrun. Yeah. Well, again, uh, Payday was excellent. GTFO was very good. So got a good track record here, and we'll see, uh, we'll see what we get with this unnamed cyberpunk-style heist game uh, coming from Ulf Anderson and the team at 10 Chambers. Games with gold for September. I know we, we tend to just gloss over these, and granted, the, the winner in this on this list is a game that's over 10 years old, but it's what, literally one of the greatest games of all time. For September, if you have a gold subscription, you can get Gods Will Fall all month long. You can get Double Kick Heroes from the middle of September to the middle of October. We all know by now they stagger these. Thrillville, which was a fun theme park simulator game. Uh, LucasArts made that, if I remember correctly. From that's the first half of September, the first to the fifteenth, and the aforementioned Goat being Portal Two available from September sixteenth to September thirtieth. Destin, uh, give me a Portal memory or tell me about one of these other games. What are your thoughts on games with gold for this month? Well, here's my Portal memory. As soon as I saw the run of show, I was like, I definitely have to put on my calendar to get Portal Two for free portal is excellent you um, don't already have I, it i probably do <laughs> i don't know but i also hope that they if if they've had it on xbox live for free in the past or xbox games with gold i hope they continue recycling the catalog because there's a few that i missed yeah. that i'm hoping to catch on the on the return and uh, maybe portal 2 is one of them hilarious game a must play Good, good. Game. Yeah, I actually just started another playthrough of Portal 2 with my daughter because we had run through. I, I was just downloading stuff on the Steam Deck and then we had a trip a few weeks ago. So that was a good, good road test for it. And we I drove, but I I just let her tell me exactly what to do. So I did not. I just followed her instructions and I was just the the uh, just driving the, the bus and we finished Portal 1, and she loved it. And so I said, oh, well, there's a second one, and there's even more to it. So we've started that, and it's, uh, boy, and it, this, it holds up. If anybody's curious, Portal 2, Portal 1 holds up, Portal 2 even more so, it, because it's just so much more fully fleshed out and, and uh, even, even smarter of a game than the first one was. Cat, uh, either, either a Portal 2 memory or, or a, any commentary on these other games for Games with Gold? Uh, two Portal memories. One was Portal was the only game to actually make me nauseated to the point where I wanted to throw up. Oh. Because uh, it's just the movement. It was a lot. Because uh, you're having so much fun? Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Let's throw up with joy. 
But <laughs> um, my other was I was working for GamePro at the time, and I remember our review editor getting it very late and basically locking himself in a room to play it. So seeing a sign saying, do not enter Portal 2 review in progress. Um, but all, I, I have a question for you two. Where do you think Games with Gold fi fits in with uh, the current Game Pass ecosystem? Because to me, it feels like a little bit of a holdover. Destin, go ahead. I agree. I do think it is a holdover. I think they're trying to figure out what to do about that now. Like, do they just make Game Pass and Xbox Live sort of one thing like they did with Ultimate? Like, it's sort of weird to explain to somebody where, okay, you need to have the $60 Xbox Live and then you, you can get Game Pass or you can just get Game Pass Ultimate and you get all these games right. and you get Xbox Live. So. It is definitely something they need to figure out. I, I would agree that it is a holdover from a, an old era. But Nintendo's doing the exact same thing. I just got prompted that I had to buy online for me to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Calabunga Collection online. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, same, same thing yeah. happens on other platforms. Well, I agree with you both. And I, I will go so far as to say... Uh, and I don't say this maliciously, but just in all honesty, I think if Games with Gold went, if this was the last month and it and it went away forever, I don't think they'd lose a single Gold subscriber or Game Pass subscriber. That's I don't. I don't think it's it's a nice value add. Don't get me wrong. Sure, I mean you're going to offer a, a four free games a month if you. That's great, but I don't think it's really necessary anymore uh, mm. to. to Get, no, I, bring people to the ecosystem and and keep them uh on the like you know if you're to your point destiny are you really gonna upgrade from the ten dollar goal uh, excuse me the ten dollar game pass plan to the fifteen dollar ultimate plan for this I'm on no oh for this for, no, for yeah for the is, games of gold it is another value proposition and you have to remember the competition like sony is still offering free games of, yeah. a, of a high caliber often so um I don't think they should take it away. Just no. I'm not saying I'm not saying they should. Yeah. I'm just saying if it did go away, I don't think it would negatively I, affect Microsoft at all. I think it would a, a bit, but not like drastically. I, I don't think it would be a good PR move for them because everybody would just be like, "So Sony's going to keep theirs, but you're going to get rid of yours." That's kind of sucks. Like it's just it's just not a. It wouldn't be a positive story for them, and well, certainly uh, they not. Don't, they, Canceling they, they anything don't, is is never a positive story, really. It doesn't it doesn't seem to be impacting them negatively to do it, so I I think it continues. Yeah, my um my normal job is writing news for IGN.com, and we actually just did the news post for Games with Gold, and they never failed to do well. For yeah, us. people click mm -hmm. on people want to know, huh? People it's, are interested, so yeah. I mean, there are people out there who care about Games with Gold. So. Hey, it's free games if uh, yeah if you're already in the the ecosystem. So yeah, can't complain about that. And it's uh, and this month we get one of the best ever. So if you have not played Portal Two, and I guess once a game does get old enough, as Portal Two is now eleven years old, you get a new generation of gamers that haven't played it before. So hey, jump retro in, games. yeah, jump in and enjoy it. It holds up. I promise you that you will love it. Including it's got a it's got a separate it's got a co-op campaign as well where you play as um atlas and there's the there's the big round one and then there's the tall skinny one they just play as two robots yeah and i can't remember the name of of the other one but in any case play portal 
too. All right, before we go, let's do a trivia question. Kat is from Minnesota, so it's only fitting that our trivia question comes from a listener in Minnesota. Mars from Minnesota asks the following. We all know that the best game at launch for the original Xbox was Halo, but which of the following launch games outside of Halo had the highest Metacritic score? So this isn't necessarily the one that's the best game per se, but the one that reviewed the best in November of 2002 was it Dead or Alive 3, Project Gotham Racing, Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, or Madden NFL 2002? I will go to our guest, Kat, first. Oh, first this is a all, tough one, by the way. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, this is, this is no softball here. Well, first of all, I just want to send a shout-out to my fellow Minnesotan. I hope you went to the Minnesota State Fair. Very jealous of you. If you did, get that big old bucket of cookies and free milk. But uh, my answer is Madden NFL 2002, and here's hmm, why. Okay. It was a different era for sports games. A time, there was a time, not so long ago, where sports games consistently were in the 90s on Metacritic. And that, that era is long gone. There's been a lot of backlash, but I think sports games were held in far higher esteem at that time. So I'm inclined to believe that Madden 2002 was the one. All right. Uh, in the face, I mean, Project Gotham Racing, excellent PGR racing game. is my other choice. But Dead I'm, or Alive 3, excellent. But yeah, uh, these are all, that's why, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Destin, your thoughts here as we, oh, I love it. The, the production team, on point as usual. We go. are watching Madden NFL 2002 Carter. gameplay. Look at this. Uh, <laughs> Destin, your thoughts on this trivia question. I think it's a great question because I bet it's Madden and I would never guess Madden. Uh, DOA 3, very popular within the fighting game community and I believe one of the better DOAs. Uh, Oddworld, very popular, sort of like a, a niche setting. But I'm going PGR, Ryan. Mm. PGR did a lot of really cool stuff with the, I believe it was Kudos system. Is that correct? Right? Correct, yes. You would get Kudos Good points. Good memory. And uh, I am going to go PGR. Uh, yeah. See, no, this, is a, this is a great question. Yeah, it is. Uh, Mars with an excellent one here. I, I got to say, I would not have gotten this right. I probably would have. I would have personally been torn between PGR and Oddworld because I know Oddworld was very yeah. well liked at launch. Uh, but again, you know, pr pretty car games at console launches also yeah. tend to get viewed through launch goggles yeah. and they tend to do well. And it was a good game. Don't get me wrong. It was not, it was deserving of its, of its praise, but, um, cat is correct. It All was right. indeed Madden fitting that we started the show with Madden and we're ending with Madden, <laughs> Madden NFL 23, Madden 2002. We turned back the clock. And uh, in fact, you, your previous appearance, cat, you had gotten the trivia question. Correct. So you now have two points on the year, which makes means you're already uh, in, in third place because we have Miranda at eight and Stella and Destin tied for second with six points. Wow. So, uh, I'm not surprised Miranda's in the lead. <laughs> excellent, uh, excellent job there. And an excellent trivia question from Mars. Yes, Madden NFL 2002. Touched this was also 90. my favorite Tiger Woods game on the original Xbox. I played that one a whole bunch. <laughs> yes. We're sports. We're, we're starting with sports and ending with sports. I love it. All right. Uh, thank you, Mars. And if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question like that one, please send it my way. The email address is unlocked 
at IGN.com. Include the question, include four multiple choice answers, note the correct answer in your email. Don't forget your name and if you'd like, your gamer tag as well. And if I choose your question, I will share your name and gamer tag on the air. And that will wrap it up for Podcast Unlocked, episode 559. Kat, where can uh, our audience find you, follow you, hang out with you on IGN, on social media, etc.? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at the underscore Catbot, uh, where I have a lot of takes on a lot of different things. Um, also, uh, on Nintendo Voice Chat, if you happen to be one of the uh, one of the people who buys an Xbox and they also get a Nintendo Switch. Um, we ha- are doing a tier list right now of all the Nintendo franchises. Lots of interesting discussion happening around where games like Nintendo, uh, say uh, Mario Party and whatnot mm. need to go. So good stuff. For the, we're finishing that up uh, this week. Also, I have my own podcast, Acts of the Blood God. That's where we have all of our RPG talk, like Shadowrun. Good stuff. Destin, how about you? So who, who's winning over on Nintendo? Is it Zelda or is it Metroid? That's <laughs> well, really they're the tiers, question. right? So yeah, it's, yeah. Is, it, is, tiered, is it S well, tier and is it going that way? S tier, A tier. I think the, uh, the the big winners, obviously Mario and Zelda, that kind of thing. A lot of controversy over the placement of Earthbound because oh, I was yeah. like, no. A-tier? mother. I was like, Mother Four would do really well, but there are a lot of our commenters are like, no way, mm. Mother's so overrated. It's a meme among Nintendo fans, but it needs to be way lower. Interesting stuff. I'm guessing F Zero is probably controversial as well. A little bit, yeah. yeah. We'll have to tune into mm. Nintendo Voice Chat for that one, Destin. Anyway, follow me on Twitter at Destin Laguerre. The thing I've been working on for IGN is uh, I was actually asked to review the Cowabunga Collection, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, some quick thoughts, some very rare games on this collection, but I also did some uh, latency testing to see how it fared against uh, one of my older TVs and uh, some interesting stuff, some interesting stuff. But uh, check that out on IGN. You can follow me on Twitter at Destin Laguerre. Fantastic. And I am on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Our Gotham Knights IGN first wraps up tomorrow, August 31st. We have one more piece dropping. And then our next one, which we've already uh, revealed for eagle-eyed viewers that caught it at the end of a video earlier this week, Company of Heroes 3, not an Xbox game, admittedly, but for those of you PC fans who love your strategy games, uh, we sent our expert, Liana Hafer, out to Relic to get a ton of content on Company of Heroes 3, uh, which is looking, it's looking awesome, that game. Oh, I'm so pumped. Great pedigree. I mean, the first two were excellent. So look for our month-long coverage of Company of Heroes 3 starting next week on IGN. And that will do it. I want to thank Dan and Jobert in the back, making the technical magic happen here for Podcast Unlocked, episode 559. We'll see you all back here next week. Peace out. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.